0: Hey guys, welcome to the Abstract Podcast. What you will be hearing right now is the beginning of a new podcast segment and for the sake of convenience, we have named it Abstract Conversations. So the intention of this segment is multifold. Firstly, to understand how different people view films and literature and secondly, to understand their individual processes of analysing the same. And in the meantime, also receive some interesting recommendations and tips to widen our understanding of art in general. So, without wasting any more time, let's get right into our conversation. Um, hello, Pranav. Uh, how are you? Firstly,
1: I'm f- fine, doing fine, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Pranav, doing for the fine. sake for the sake of the conversation to start, let's just t- talk about like who you are and you know what you do currently.
1: Okay, so I'm a 25 year old citizen of Mumbai. <laughs> just one among the 1.5, 1.7 core people of the city. but So I essentially am an engineer uh, with a degree in computer science. And uh, with, uh, after that, I wanted to be a film critic, but couldn't actually find my feet uh, in that field because uh, a lot of publications were shutting down and I was also a bit uh, apprehensive of how I would build my career there. So that is why mm-hmm. then I... Did the next best thing is I tried to find out a middle path between, say, uh, my creative uh, pursuits and my creative uh, passions and uh, a career in uh, business or a career in corporate. So then I did my MBA from Micah, where I did uh, uh, an MBA in marketing and communications. So right now I work as a uh, a strategy insights analyst uh, in the world's largest media planning company called GroupM. So, I has a lot of agencies in India. Uh, one of those agencies is called WaveMaker. So, I work in WaveMaker Delhi, but because of the pandemic right now, I have the privilege of working from home. So, my interest, I love history. I love, uh, uh, say, existential fiction. Uh, I'm a huge, huge film buff because I wanted to be a critic. So, if I don't claim to be a film buff, then I'm probably being <laughs> dishonest to my own self. So, I'm a huge film buff. And my love for my love affair with cinema started in 2012 when I could not... When I, could, when I had to face the reality of not being able to make it to IIT, which every engineering every engineering aspirant faces some or the other time in their life. My discovery of cinema happened. See, before that, I was this uh, the average uh, Hollywood and Bollywood uh, film viewer and uh, say, watching pirate cinema from pirated DVDs or this could land me in jail, but okay, watching cinema from pirated DVDs and going to the theatres not every Friday, but at least twice a month or once a month, not twice a month, maybe once a month. With with mom. Mostly I've watched a lot of movies with my mom during my childhood. And the books also, since this podcast is about books, I will try to segue into books every time. So books also till say six, 15, till say 15, 16, till say my uh, until I was until I graduated standard 10th. Till then my primary source of books and my primary I would say uh, uh, what do you say my exploratory uh, uh, my explanatory aspect of books was just limited to what my parents used to give to me or what my parents used to gift to me. And in the sense, the gifting occasions were not, you know, very uh, I would say repetitive, or they were not very ubiquitous and widespread. It was actually that okay, you finished a term in school, you you scored great marks. It was more of like a risk-reward kind of thing, mm. where uh, I was I would be doing very well in school, and I would be then given a choice between a lot of movies or a lot of books. So, Crossword used to be my go-to destination. And that was how I ended up discovering a lot of young fiction during my childhood. So, till 10th, I was, you could call me so-called a, a, a more or less a mainstream fellow. Where I'm watching, say, Hollywood, which is, again, the studio-driven superhero stuff. Or maybe one or two films which were ris- too risky for children. And But I, I ended up watching like V for Vendetta or maybe the alien films or things like that. Still pretty much mainstream science fiction, fiction, that kind of stuff and books also was young fiction uh, and all of that so my the so called the nirvana or the epiphany that okay there is much more to the world of uh, books as well as to the world of cinema came in 2012 when i randomly ended up reading a nobel prize winning author's book which was kept in my dad's uh, closet uh, in the in the study and uh, also watching yeah, the, the the book of the book was the unbearable lightness of being so that was, uh, it's, it's by an author called Milan Kundera. he's a Czech author, uh, and uh, essentially he, he comes from, his context was essentially the uh, advent of communism in, in the Czech Republic. Okay, that was Czechoslovakia yeah. at that time. Communism, how people defended yeah. communism and how people brought communism upon themselves and how the Czech Republic essentially became, uh, say, a satellite country or a pawn of the Soviet Union. But he does not write about politics. He writes about, primarily, he writes about love. He writes about the relationship between two people who feel that when they're in love, they're isolated from the world. So he'll write about a doctor, about a plastic surgeon, and he maybe will write about a plastic surgeon who falls in love with a waitress. It's a love story, but essentially an existentialist love story about two people who feel that just because they're in love, that the events that happen around them, these political events, the Russian invasion, uh, intellectuals being shot and killed, a journalist being imprisoned. These events will not affect them because they're in love and they're love for each other. So this this kind of tension between the self and society, the tension between your own self and the person that you've given your half to, that is the person you are, you are in love with. So Milan Kundera as an author explored the ideas of the dynamism between two people when they claim that they're in a relationship. Like what... What does a relationship comprise of? What does it mean to have trust in a human being? Can human beings essentially be trusted or not? So these kind of questions I was not equipped to even ask, answer, understand, or comprehend when I had first picked up this book. I had read five pages of this book and I had kept it down. And like, I don't mm-hmm. know what I do, I can't even understand what this author is writing. This is 2012. I would have been uh, 15, 16 years old. I'm like, mm-hmm. boss, you I cannot possibly comprehend what is going on. I kept the book down uh, and I went back to a uh, 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 young uh, uh, young fiction that is uh, essentially the, the character of Artemis Fowl, who is a criminal mastermind uh, genius. And basically it's, it's written by an I- Irish author called Owen Colfer. I'll show you Artemis Fowl. So Disney created, mm-hmm. uh, Disney bought the rights of Artemis Fowl in 2001, but made a did a very, very shitty job with it and it just dis- the character in a very stupid film and for kids. So at Ford is essentially a criminal mastermind. He's a child genius who belongs to a crime family in Ireland, in Dublin, Ireland. Okay. And he is mm. uh, he's so his, I mean, his IQ is so his IQ is considered to be so high, and he's this snotty, smug little young prodigy. Who, who is just who, who is a sociopath Who cannot make friends Because he's too wise For the world He's just 13 years old But he's too Too wise for the world And because he second guesses on everybody But there is one person Who always stands behind That is his bodyguard Called butler Okay And butler comes from A line of servants Who have always served The foul family So the foul family Is kind of like Semi royalty Kind of nawab Family And this young prodigy Has inherited His father's broken empire His father has been Missing for three years His mother uh, Has had a mental breakdown and she is schizophrenic and she has post-traumatic stress disorder. So to restore the family name, uh, Artemis Fowl comes of age too early. Uh, comes of age at just 13 rather than say 17 or 18. And uh, literally takes it upon himself to restore the family's honor. And the honor here is the dread that the Fowl family invokes among crime lords and mafias. So, yeah, You could call him like an anti You could. But Antis an, an anti-Ritchie so essentially, he okay. but okay. he's more he's craftier, and the writing was for at least in terms of the writing that was meant for children. This was much more da- This was darker, subtle, nuanced, and morally ambiguous. So for children, yeah. as a child, you know, yeah. I always used to look at even in my own capacity, even as a child, I used to look at stories which never which never had straightforward plots or endings. I always wanted something which uh, was in some way compelling but easy enough for me to understand. At the age that I was. So, because why and why my love for complex things my began? Because when I was seeing first or second standard, the very first huge book that my parents made me read, yes. it was like an encyclopedia but a children's encyclopedia called The Big Book of Knowledge. You can see that the cover is yeah. fragile and it's almost uh, broken. This is a 22-year-old book, 1998. Ah. My father, that really. time my father used to investment banking. So he used to travel a lot across the world. HSBC. My, my dad used to work right so he's a lot of us world. so he had bought this from the from london and the name of the company is dorling kindersley okay it's a british publish it's a, a london publishing company That company doesn't exist anymore but i i have the book with me uski series us uske compact discs aate the wo bhi my dad had bought and there used to be things like solar system exploration dinosaurs exploration so yeah, the book big book of knowledge plus the cd of big book of knowledge so that was like an accompaniment. So the CD was a visual help for kids who are very bored of reading or who, 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 who don't have the aptitude for reading. But I but the aptitude for reading developed because of this book. And it's a brilliantly original information book for young readers. Basically, it's information about what is architecture, what is who went to the moon, things like that. How, how does different kinds of crustaceans, like what are crabs, what are amphibians, basic things like that. But old in a, in a way in which you're not treating kids as dumb. That was how my, uh, I would say, perception and my acceptance of uh, some sort of aesthetic actually developed, you know, that if things felt simplistic to me in a story or in a tale, if the characters weren't rich enough or if the plot didn't have uh, a a certain degree of meatiness to it, I felt that it used to insert my intelligence. Mm -hmm. So that is how I was always on the uh, words, I was always uh, in the mode of discovering content that at least used to challenge me in some way or the other. Challenge my perception of the world, challenge my vocabulary, challenge my language, challenge my understanding of how people are. Because as a kid, you 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 are not able to distinguish between the different shades of human nature, right? It's just either somebody's good, somebody's evil, somebody's So, is
0: how good. old were you when you had discovered this book specifically? You explored this, this, book, that.
1: this big second standard, first to second standard, seven, eight years old. Yeah, ye encyclopedia ye try to read it. And when mm-hmm. they saw that I was able to read it, then they pushed me in that direction. So see, there is one, I just opened a random page, and there is one, there is a description for kids of the life of the samurai. Okay. So, and then if I turn the page, there's a description for uh Native Americans. Oh, for a kid who's just six, seven years old, all of this was so fascinating to me, and I think somehow the roots of my love for history were also there in this book. The question you asked right, was of uh, that what what were your influences and uh, tips for reading? So the 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 most the most fundamental thing here is that when you're at a very impressionable age, right, of six, seven, eight, or nine, less than if you're less than ten years old, the onus is on your parents to make sure that you are fascinated by. Worlds
0: that
1: aren't just what you see in front of you. Hmm. Okay. But, like, parents <laughs> but, but
0: like for example, uh, so you are you are in Maharashtra, you're living in Maharashtra, you are reading about things like Native Americans, samurais and all of that. Yeah. So yeah. I mean Chau na chau, there's a certain level of exoticism in your perception that exists, right? Ki, you know, what is this exotic right. world they're talking about? Which like journey to the center of the world? Right. Earth, right? मतलब, and just a second, uh, so, like, and when did that transformation come in? मतलब, like, there's a certain level of humanism that surrounds them, which, मतलब, a collective understanding is that, no, everyone What my idea exoticism, say, more investigative okay. for you? got my
1: okay, idea okay okay uh, uh yeah oh wow great question great question yeah so that would yeah. have been much later yeah that would have been 10 that would have been six years later 14 15 yeah. after watching a lot of modern films after finishing Artemis Fowl, after after finishing Harry Potter after watching a lot of more say content by that time I started watching the bag manager like like QA love yeah. sex or Dhoka. I started watching all of that so that actually helped me more to understand the, the universality of people cultures In Orbit mall that right? mm. mall was my adda mm. I have I, I have been to orbit mall to shop only for books from Crossword. and Crossword was at the ground floor I have seen the evolution of Crossword on ground floor be first floor to second floor <laughs> so and, and that was what my, my relationship with Crossword has been and it was always like See, I have been pampered and indulged. Okay, I will I will be very clear about that. That is why maybe I have had so many options in such such a life where I could choose what to read, when to read. Because whenever we, my mom used to take into crossword, right? It used to be minimum. I used to take six seven books, I used to maybe just read one or two out of them. And this a so, so it was more like being surrounded by books and reading. Even now, that the number of books I own myself, I would have read only. 15, 15% of all of them. And after the big book, right? Hmm. My love for history was rooted in this. Amar Chitra Kadaz, the historic city of Delhi.
0: Well of history Surukas from the Mughal. 732
1: AD, Anangpal, Tomar, Lalkot, even before Pitchira Chauhan. If hmm. you history ka, De- uh, Delhi history chronologically because I because this was again given to me in Jaipur in 2000. because my summer vacations were in Jaipur, right? See, I'm telling you, as Jombalari says in the namesake, my reading habits, my passions have been a series of accidents. Because I was exposed to certain books, certain certain themes, genres, certain styles of writing in my childhood, and they have greatly shaped my sensibilities. So that's what Oscar Wilde also says, right? That when you are reading, if, if you can't help, but you are reading something, then the, then you will be proud of the human being you become when you cannot help you to and you can help you have to If you're you're you'll be proud of yourself only when you read when you can't help it, so that you, you become the human being you want to, even when you can't help it. So
0: like, tell me one thing, uh, like, coming back to the part of you, that Nirvana or that renaissance of yours that you had in 2012, yeah, something, yeah. that you were exposed to a newer world. So yeah. the, the, the book you read would, that Czech Republic story around, that love story about, with that political context in about, or uh,
1: background. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. when, did you go back to that book again? Yeah, of course, I went back to that book, uh, seven years later, 2019. And I read the whole book in, at my car, and I thought, it was calling to me, I'm like, no, I have to go back to what started my, But was <laughs> page at that time, I a taste of Art and Assault, Harry Potter, Dan Brown to Da Vinci Code, and I a film with my mom and dad, that, I read a Before Vendetta, I watched a film, and after that, I read a graphic. So essentially, it was a mixed bag where my past books always <laughs> were a segway from cinema. Cinema was the first medium I was always exposed to every time, and then I used to save to books. But this unbearable letters of being was something that my father used to adore and love. And that is why I was like, okay, that is a party dick too. But in 2012, I, didn't I was not equipped not mature enough to understand what was being spoken about in that book. Hmm. So I did not pay much attention to it. The same thing happened with me with Pyasa. I used to hate the book just because my one of my relatives hated uh, my relatives loved the film, so I hated the film because I hated my relatives. Okay, but uh, later I rediscovered that film and then again my world changed because what so with books also that has happened. Um, so the dark, the film The Dark Knight, I wish I knew I'd watched something different and I was shaken. And that day I went home and I discovered Artemis Fall 2008. This was July 2008 when Dark Knight had released. I discovered Artemis The I read the graphic novel first and I was in love with the characters, the writing. Because It wasn't your usual happy goal yeah. This was about a boy whose mother is insane. Of course, I was drawn to it. <laughs> 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 and you can imagine my state of mind. i watched the dark night, i watched Heat Laser on screenplaying the Joker. In the evening, again I'm craving for more quote unquote dark, dark is a very superficial word to use, but I'm using it just for reference. Hmm.
0: I, I
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, slang, you can yeah. euphemism.
0: <laughs> okay. I,
1: I wanted more dark stuff, so Artemis was just something I randomly bought by instinct at crossword, maybe two three weeks ago. Because my I used to literally do this. I used to go. My mom used to say, I used to go to young fiction, pick up random books, read the, the the synopsis, the plot, maybe. And that time there was no there was no smartphone, no Wikipedia, so I was at the mercy of what was written behind the book try and discover whether I should buy the book or not. And I'm not saying every time my decisions were right. Because uh, man, I've, all, I've been shouted at upon also. I've been reprimanded also. But I still used to keep on buying. And now I buy only the books I read. So that is why that that at least that budget is now within a certain rationale. So firstly tell me what are current reads, what are you reading currently? Yeah, so currently I am reading Jhumpa Lairi. I have rediscovered her because of you. Uh, <laughs> so I had read Unaccustomed Earths. I had read The Lowland. I had not watched The Namesake. The Namesake I watched after Irfan died. Okay. Mm. I read. had I read Unaccustomed Earths and uh, The Lowland. That too because somebody I liked in uh, school had recommended her to me. Oh. Yeah. I'm not even joking. And I knew of Lahiri because my mother had once said, Okay, this is a good writer, she's won the police Prize, check her out. So you can see that my parents have are they are not overtly or actively dictating my taste, but they have been those silent sentinels who nudged you know? me uh. into that direction. Ki, check her out. If you want to, if you find the time. So but and Harry Potter my mother brought for me, Philosopher's Stone. And I did not read Harry Potter until I was 14, 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so currently you are reading uh Jumpaleri Again,
0: I'm reading
1: Interpreter of Maladies, and I am also reading so there is a book uh, on Galib, okay. By uh, so there is this great, great uh, Islamic scholar called shamshur Ramal Faruqi, Okay. He's he's written a book called The uh, In the Shadow of the Sword. So he writes about uh, Islam in India, he writes about Islamic political thought in India and how it has evolved post-1947, How, what factors it is contingent upon and what it takes from pre-1947 history. And he's, he's one of the foremost foremost forwards and the ultimate word on uh, uh, Islamic thought in India. Islamic thought in the abstract, okay, like how would an Indian Muslim think? That is, if you want the answer, Shamsur Rehman Faruqi is the guy you would. So his daughter, uh, uh, has written a book on Galib she teaches in uh, I think uh, New Jersey in a university in New Jersey so she has written a book on Galib uh, a critical biography of Galib yeah it's called Galib uh, a wilderness at my doorstep and why after history after Amar Chitra Kata the next thing I read was Navneet's Akbar Birban the very next thing I read was Akbar Birban hmm. so again my fascination with Akbar and the, and the Mughals. so this was when I was 8 years old 7 years old then there was stories of Shiva. That is why, again, my fascination with Shiva's iconography and Shiva's mythology and Shiva as a character. Because so Shiva is one of my... I am not a religious person. I, I am... I, you can call me a spiritualist, maybe. Advaita Vedantist half, Advaita Vedantist half, spiritualist half, Gandhian, whatever. <laughs> but uh, Sh- Shiva is... I have a soft for Shiva's allegories and Shiva's myths and Shiva's... Uh, uh, puranas basically There uh, was uh, a bit of Batman, not Spider-Man Just more of Batman, Tinkle Comics Along with Tinkle Comics Chikari Shambhu and Supandi and all those people This was third and 14th Along with them there was the Phantom mm-hmm. So again my love for ghosts For the macabre For mysteries All of that, for, for uh, places That are eerie, haunted For stories that have no uh, Plausible explanation, all of that stems from but the fact that I was exposed to Phantom. The first book I bought in 2005, okay, from Crossword, was a book called Skull Very Pleasant. It is essentially about a sorcerer who can conjure magic from, uh, from with a flick of his wrists, with a snap of his fingers, who's a walking skeleton. Basically, Ghost Rider, but not Ghost Rider. There Tintin. Tintin was 6th standard, 7th standard. Ah, lovely. I have <laughs> each and every book of Tintin in the house. This was possible again because I had indulging parents. Mm-hmm. If you do- oh man, oh
0: man oh wow I've been trying to recollect because what do you mean I studied all in school mein padhi hai. like you know that uh, Steven Spielberg ki jo yeah. movie uh, yeah. that was my, when my fascination for Tintin started okay, for me personally and school yeah. in school Tintin wave came meaning Tintin and Asterix because what do you Tintin is also limited books in the library mein. Yeah. so people yeah. have to go for a- Asterix so that wave came like, like anytime you go it's impossible to find the book I have read all the books I think YouTube is seriously pura like what, yeah, animated <laughs> no, no, so it be be yeah, 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 it's it's wonderful. I, I absolutely love it. So I've been trying to recollect it, all, all like get a collection of all the books for myself now. And if I have decided to give he, her a job, I have to go abstract. Se, ya, phir, <laughs> <joe thota-mata laughs> money so from that, main, so it's around 500 take book take So I order one book per month. So I'm being ordered oh. this a collection by the end of the year. I think it's a time But still, like, one book per month, I'll get it. And I mean, you know, honestly, like, let's talk about Tintin. Let's talk about I'll give my point, And you can give me a point on that. Because, uh, my Tintin yeah. has been very, very important. Because for a person like me, I think there's no influence in terms of reading. So for me to develop a habit, self uh, induced type like uh, habit develop, Tinting was a big factor in that, okay? So, um, when I was reading this this Black Island jo book hai again, so uh, so what I realized was, how, matab, simplistic simplistic things, morals and justice and all of that is being talked about, what is right and what is wrong. But it isn't so, shouting our face. Not at all. First thing, that, that is there. And secondly, sometimes you forget that he's not just an adventurer he's a journalist That's and exactly, in today's exactly. political context ki a person goes to so just to get the matlab, just to provide people justice the, the, the job that is maybe of the justice system or maybe of the police or someone and, and
1: to capture the
0: truth of what yeah happened. yeah and main aaj ke d- tha, and i was reading it simultaneously I was, like obviously i'm used right so like duro in parallel chal raha, i'm like this is the benchmark, and just try to get halfway. Then I'll be like, you know what? You are close to Tintin. Like, Mira Mira benchmark is not an actual journalist out there. Maybe let's say uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez is a is a benchmark. But there's, there's Tintin. That should be your aim in your life as a journalist.
1: Oh man. No, and, and the way Captain Haddock uh, was shown as an alcoholic, I mean it's meant for children, but like the, the her gaze actually kind of glorifying alcohol. <laughs> so and it's it's so much fun and the characters are so eccentric, Thompson and Thompson. And the Snowy Snowy had a voice of his own, which only mm. Snowy
0: could hear. So what, what influence has Tintin or other comics like these have had on you generally?
1: So I mean my, my sense of adventure is I don't know, you know what? Actually, it's been my understanding of aesthetics—the way stories told, the way stories populated by people, and and the way a world is slowly is unravelled. You know, around these people. That the sense of that kind of aesthetics of how you capture a particular person in a particular place in a particular time. That that sense of how stories are the glue that binds different episodes and different vignettes and portraits together. Na, Tintin actually helped create that in my mind. King Tintin and even the Phantom helped me kind of understand number one that sometimes while fighting crime the boundaries between good and evil blur are blurred. Maybe I was I would not have been able to articulate it the way I am right now. But at an emotional level I understood that he's going to that there is a possibility if not a surety hmm. of foregoing your morals in, in, in the quest of ultimate justice so that kind of that sense of moral again see I'm coming back to the same theme of ambiguity and uh, by 2008 or nine oh oh yeah I don't have a book unfortunately but I used to read a lot of goosebumps also again my oh life yeah, was and uh, so that time Raskimmon I discovered because I had a poem of Raskimmon and I had two short stories of Raskimon in school. That is the tiger in the tunnel where there's this young kid. Oh uh, uh, this this forest uh, guard, basically a Khalasi worker who mm. is working in a tunnel which is right in the middle of a forest, okay? And then he's basically the signal the lantern, the signal man taking a lantern to the tunnel and he tells the lantern to say that the that the road is clear, that the railway track is clear and the plane can pass. So every night he's doing this, but suddenly one night he does not return back to the hut where his son is waiting for him because uh, a, a leopard mauls him to death. So the son goes, he actually takes his father's axe, kills the leopard and takes his father's spot. Hmm. And he comes of age. So this kind of story had enthralled me. And uh, that is how I discovered And I said, mom Ruskin I said, okay, let's go to crossword. let's buy all the skin mons which you can find. So I went to a town called Dehra. I bought uh, Ruskin mons strangers in the night. Again, Ruskin Bond has been very, very instrumental in deciding, uh, in, in determining my sense of aesthetics of a horror, of a horror tale. Mm. It has to be subtle. The characters have to be human. It the, You don't need jump scares. It has to be psychological. It has to grow on you. All of these principles came from my reading of Ruskin Bond in 2008.
0: So, talking about firstly your reading habits, Rikir, Um Generally, like for example, I, what I do, let's say, if I'm reading like a, a non-fiction, a political, uh, let's say, I'm, currently I'm reading Bhagat Singh, okay? Bhagat Singh, I'm reading things about so my understanding of reading something like that is that, for example, he wrote a paragraph, okay, something about why I'm an atheist, and I'm an atheist, and he a paragraph regarding q belief is not right, or why the belief is just a limitation of a humor or something, so I'll mark it a pencil, the whole paragraph, then, after a few days, I'll read it edit again. I'll highlight the main with a highlighter. So, my levels of marking and trying to remember these things that I actually imprint hai, mere mein, are two-fold, three-fold, you know? And they are they are a process for me. They are a, a progressive way. Mein hota hai. Do, you, do you like to mark things while you're reading or... Is it for is it for you, is it like, one-time read, mein, apas,
1: yeah, mostly I will confess that it is like that I have never, I'll tell you in my in 25 years of my existence I would have never, ever underlined a single sentence in the book, ever <laughs> so it's, it's its not and it's not that I will not think about it or I will not uh, I will disregard it completely or I will be nonchalant about it in a way that, that even if I don't understand I'm fine, so more or less uh, I haven't ever had See the R you fixate on a particular line. I understand that you want to get to the depth of it, and you want to uncover uh, any more abstrusive or any more kind of any more substance that you feel is lost to you. So you want to keep digging and find out what more can you get out of it. Mm-hmm. I understand that is that is great actually. I, I I look up to you in this regard that you're actually doing this. For me, reading is not uh, a goal based process where I have to complete certain things by cert- a certain age. It has been a, a a very lovely, I would say, fulfilling and enriching journey for me. And uh, I have never thought of reading as a goal. That, oh my God, I have to finish this. Yeah, one surprise me, it has been a goal in terms of Harry Potter that uh, I have to finish all the books because I have to watch the final film. Otherwise, I won't understand. And who will explain it to my father? Because I will watch the film with my parents, mm. and my father will be like, "Who is this? Who is this? this?" So I have to explain it. So that was actually mm. the. Uh, the, the, the motivation to read and the impulse to read. So but like, what I do is uh, uh, I when I'm reading I will I'll go to Wikipedia maybe to search for something which I find. Or maybe if there is some historical or some particular cultural thing being spoken about, I will Google it. So for example in the namesake there are a lot of seventies and eighties uh, cultural objects which Jumpa talks about. If I don't know something while I'm reading I will Google it. Rather than underlining I'll Google something. And when move on, then I'll never come back because then I I I, I condemn it to memory and it's there. I, in 2014 or 15, I, I got more, uh, say, I started understanding the difference between left and right, between what liberalism was, and maybe what a, a more totalitarian regime was. Maybe after the first time somebody has got elected somewhere, I, I realized how things were happening. So that time, I actually started reading books of fearless journalism, where fearless journalists had actually gone and uncovered something. So that, those kind of truths, journalistic truths, I was more fascinated suddenly. So mm-hmm. wo phase tha where I used to read books like the Hashimpura Massacre. So in this was 2014, 15, 16. So in twenty in, in 1987, what had happened was that after the uh, 1987, what had happened after riots from Mirat, there is there was like CRPF na, mm-hmm. CRPF, mm-hmm. CISF, yeah. PAC tha, Provincial Armed Constabulary. They were basically paramilitary police called whenever there was an emergency, there was a there were riots or maybe any 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 national any security related issue which the state police is not equipped to handle mm. so after the mirat riots in a town 40 kilometers away from mirat called hashinpura what happened was that the were two units of the psc under a major general uh, uh, i think uh, agastya or avasthya or somebody like that and uh, agni Hotri. of course mm. it has to be a major agni Hotri. under a major agni Hotri, uh, two companies just rounded up random uh, a random group of Muslims, old, young, middle-aged, anybody, just 40-45 people, anybody they could find, these random people from a, from a busty, loaded them into the PSC the, the huge policeman, mm. took them 20 kilometers away near Allah, massacred them at point-blank range. 40-42 Muslims died who, had, who were innocent people just living their daily lives, caught by a police unit and just killed because of communal tension. No reason at all. So those people got convicted in 2020. Finally, by I think by the by the Alabad High Court. Finally, those people got convicted. So those half of the people who had killed, who were in who were very police uniform and who were killed those innocent people, half of them have, have passed away, and those remaining ones have now finally been brought to justice. So the the man who's written this book about the massacre and what actually happened, uh, his name is Vibhuthi Rai, Ryan. He was the uh, uh, the uh, the DA the district. Uh, Yeah, superintendent. He was a DS. I was like, oh my God. And essentially the guy, the major, major Agnihotri who had taken his, his two companies under him and ordered them to kill 40 Muslims. He, he had lost his uh, nephew who was part of the RSS in the mirror riots. So as revenge, he had just rounded up 40 Muslims and killed them out of rage. Mm -hmm. And then there's another book called Gujarat Files by Rana Ayub that also I read and I, and I was reading all of these books to kind of understand what to journalism is I read, read Barkhada's book during that time this was 14 to 16 my initial years in engineering when I was still trying to figure out my political leanings mm. so I've read these kind of stories which have been buried under the ages of history which actually talk about how ugly this country can at times become
0: Hmm. But and also tell me about all other autobiographies or books like these that have helped, helped you get your political you know, leanings ke mein zyada yeah, way ja, It's
1: yeah. Hashimpura, it's Gujarat Files, it is Riot by Shashi Tharoor. Ah, love that, here yeah, he Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And I've read a lot of RK, uh, of Lakshman, uh, the common these cartoons essentially so, Which is political in nature, which used to again parody almost everything that was going So Actually, R.K. Lakshman's cartoons, his entire set of cartoons, which have been published in separate books, they were a window into post-independent India's history for me. Because I was I was born in 1995. I don't know what happened before I was born mm. in this country. So R.K. Lakshman's caricatures and his cartoons, which had appeared in Times of India issues every day, those were actually a window into... And I used to then read those cartoons. I never got the context. I used to go and ask my mom. I am a Mamma Batao, I can't even have a Kiska. Mamma says, Acha, ye news, Acha, ye Mandal Commission, Acha, ye, Acha Indra Gandika, ye, Acha, emergency, Acha. So my, my end, my foray into political ideology was actually through the words of a cartoonist.
0: Uh, so i mean obviously i'm pretty sure you were grateful about the fact that initial parental influence mm-hmm. in terms of bringing up bringing up uh, into your into a literature enthusiast books enthusiast was as well, in a sense I'm making a question things but for someone who a mm-hmm. journey about self induced or let's say for someone jo abhi Reading habit, sure, can a for example, like abstract you know, have book, you know, time, but you have a book, books, have have book, something like that. What tips will you have for them, firstly, in terms of recommendations, and secondly, in terms of what with book? Like, what will be your journey Honestly, you know what? They should start with Arki and Katha.
1: Uh, that is the only way they will understand the value of storytelling. Because, uh, you know what, I'll tell you what happens. that The underlying psychology behind the fact that reading something feels tortuous is because the only reference point for them is a school book. Okay. Apart from anything else in the world. For me, the school books were always something I just had to do because I knew there was a world waiting for me in, in crossword which was 15 minutes away. For a lot of people... This has not been the case and I have been highly privileged and I know that. So, for those people who have not been privy to this kind of privilege, what they can do is they can actually a lot of Amar Chitra Kata is still online. It is there now. They put it up and uh, they can actually get Amar Chitra and read a lot of Indian history first through Amar Chitra to first learn about their country in terms of images and small letters and they they still feel they are reading comic books. Those comic books were created for people who are averse to reading Long fiction, and who wanted more pulpy, more racy, fair with a little bit more imagination, and a little bit more frights of fancy. Hmm. So, then character, and they were already post people wanted post for heroes to look up to. So, Superman, Batman, all these people were created. Okay, all these characters were created. So, they, these people need those kind of entry points into reading. And for those people, I and first of all, they have to be. It, See, basically, I'll tell you what. There is an educationist called Paolo Freire. Okay. He wrote some he wrote an amazing book called the Pedagogy of Operation. What the what that says, it talks about the way of teaching. And that is the first thing I was taught at Michael also, Pedagogy of Operation. Hmm. School the instructor is always at a higher pedestal. This is the only way. Main iske and you have to un, unquestioningly you have to gaze at your teacher as if they are the be all and end of all, all the knowledge that you will always be capable of of, of, of imbibing or of understanding. Hai na. So this 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 mode of education, Paulo Ferrer says, is wrong. And that leads to a lot of problems. One of those problems is the underappreciation and the indifference to art. When I was first exposed to my very first proper book, it was this. So during that time, my fear of huge books automatically vanished because this was this was it. And I never looked upon it as a task. My so parents never said, Beta, isko karna hai. Agle ispe exam Nahi ye do saal mein ki padhi hogi. It was just there. Ki bhi chahiye, whenever you are curious about the world, a book will be there to answer your questions. Hmm. It is a friend. It is not. A task that you have to complete. Reading is a privilege. It is not a task or, or a compulsion. This is not a task. ye I would say, read, read something funny first. Or oh, oh, any, any other tips for newbies? Start reading Ruskin Bond. Ruskin Bond is the best antidote to the fear of reading. Extremely simple. Talking about beautiful things. Who doesn't like the Himalayas? Who doesn't like the hills? hills the hills can be a starting point for everybody. And people should read Ruskin Bond's both stories, I would say, first, because both stories capture the imagination of even the most Philistine of people.
0: And again, like, what, how about preparing a schedule? Should they. Not no, no, at all. Never, never
1: prepare a schedule. Never. Take one year to read Ruskin Bond. I don't care.
0: But read. But read. Hmm. That's that. And, and
1: and and, and, it, it, and to these people, they never have to be taunted or even. Uh, see, again, pedagogy of oppression. They don't have to feel that they are being oppressed by your demands of asking them to read, you have to discover the joy of reading with them. So maybe they can start with Alan Moore's v 4 also, because v 4 is a great story with powerful themes of rebellion, of fascism, of, berserk, mm. of vigilantism, being almost uh, equated with terrorism. And and, and you sh- we shouldn't even expect from those people that they will reflect upon these kind of themes. It's fine if they don't it's fine as somebody calls, it's fine as somebody in the end sense no, of no, no, no. you know, my interesting, haan, interesting
0: haan, thing, haan. I uh, interesting I generally notice, uh, when, when, when my friends also constantly asking about reading, shuru karna hai, shuru karna hai. so for them, uh, and I think it was for me also earlier, was the fact that Ek reading habit, quote unquote, reading habit on each year, for example, like most of the people or most of the people I know around me, um, their self-induced uh, reading habit develops or starts through self-help books. Hai? Through Robin Sharma or let's say, I don't know, uh, for some people, it's also been Chetan Bhagat for that matter. For it's about developing a reading habit more than trying to explore new avenues of reading and new new worlds. So, for tips. Dene mein aa jati hai. No, again, he, this uh, developing a reading
1: habit, I wouldn't say... Uh, is, again, the right approach. Because the thing is that it is, again, you are allocating a task upon yourself. That I have to develop a reading habit. It is, again, it, it again feels like an encumbrance. So, can't give tips to people
0: self-help? At least, reading will be
1: No, self-help, again, self-help defeats purpose. Why should somebody who uh, cannot approach does not have a natural inclination to read something, why should they be a- asked to read a book which claims that it knows better?
0: Like, tell me one thing, what's been the proportion for you in terms of fiction and non-fiction? Like, how would you demarcate the proportion?
1: So, this is... Uh, n- uh, so, I will tell you, it started with uh, 90% fiction, 95% fiction, 5% non-fiction. Then, 2014-15... Uh, 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 15 it was mostly non-fiction. And reading Shashi Tharoor, reading Ashim Pura, reading Kusrat files, reading mostly books on, uh, books by journalists on the state of India. And then again, it came back to history, where I discovered William Dalrymple. Hmm. And kind of, it was like a a, a refrain back to the very, one of the very first books that I've read in childhood. That is Amar Chitra History of Delhi hmm. and City of Jinns. That is Delhi. So um. this is, again, a very ch- a very puerile, a superficial. But for a child, this is great. This is more than sufficient for a child. But as an adult, maybe you would find some things historically inaccurate or lacking. Mm. And naturally, I did not even remember that this book existed. When I was rummaging through my covered Nasankar for this uh, podcast, I was surprised to see that this was still there. I was like, oh, my God, that's why I love history so much. <laughs> I rediscovered, again, why I like the things I like now because of how I was shaped. And City of Jins is a one book I think every Indian should read. Every Indian who can have access to this book should read this book. Because it speaks about a city, not just a historical account, but a lived account of a city that has almost looked at time, at confronted time in its, uh, and seen, looked at time in the eye and which withstood, I mean, I don't know, countless invasions and still somehow teetering and tottering and still alive. What are so the other books I
0: should read if I have to know more about Delhi and history of India?
1: Yeah, City of Jinns, then Romina Thapar, Somnatha was again something I got, uh, uh, I gravitated towards after City of Jinns because I heard Dalrymbril talk about Romina Thapar. Hmm. So from authors to authors, then you segue because you read one author when you... Uh, and then my, 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 my method became, became this of discovering books. That once this is not 2014-15 onwards, that when, I'm reading a, when I am reading, started reading a lot of reviews of everything, mm. because I was I wanted to be a critic, right? Mm. I, my decision-making criticism had not stemmed in yet. So I was still like, oh my God, reviews, oh my God, critic, criticism of books, criticism of poems, criticism of cinema, criticism of food, everything. So then I I, I read a, I, I read, I read some interview where Dalgambal was talking about Vamila Thapar and her work in Indian history. So Thapar wrote about Somnath, and, and the invasion of Mahmud of Ghazni and about how 50,000, always this figure of 50,000 uh, Hindus being killed in every invasion. I mm. actually tried to answer that question as to what is the actual history of the Somnath temple. And was the deity actually destroyed? What happened? So she, uh, the and that is why it's called Somnath, the many voices of history. Because every 100 every years, the story changes. So that is how history became fascinating to me that discovering more about the past helped me answer where I have come from and how the culture I have been born and brought up in, how it has been shaped. Uh, Romila Thapar on ancient India, Romila Thapar's book on nationalism, Somnath, then uh, uh, it's early India, not ancient India, it's early India. Then William Dalrymple's uh, The Last Mughal, Mm. everything but Dalrymple, except uh, the one he's written on, uh, on Zanadu, the one he's written on the Byzantine Empire, except that Everything by Dalrymple. Everything Dalrymple is written in India. Hmm. Okay, you, you read White Mughals essentially. Brilliant book. Brilliant book. And so interesting, you know. But ek baka, way,
0: yeah. uh, Like So, I, I got this from uh, my uncle, an uncle of mine, Giftmila So But if I have, have to dive into William Dalrymple, so should I start with this or Last Mughals or something like so that? Start with City of Jinns. It's, hmm. like,
1: um, it's like, again, the way it's written in the book is like Ganesha is writing the Mahabhar listening from Ved Vasa tu bol tu bol mein hai oh
0: wow
1: Aisa. Manuk S. Pillai also he also writes beautiful oh, yeah, yeah. he's written about the Deccan that is rebel sultans and also there is this uh, great uh, historian called R.C. Majundar okay he's one of the fo- he was one of the foremost historians of India so he's also written great books on history you may read and uh, after that then because my love for cinema also made me then r- read a lot of books on cinema hmm. like books on directors and my obsession with Gurudad made me buy every book that is ever written on Gurudad. This was 2016 around words. So there is a book called uh, Gurudad, The Tragedy in Three Acts by Arun Kokkar. Arun Kokkar is one of the foremost uh, film critics who people don't know about. He's a National Award winner. And he he writes about... So this book on Gurudat is the winner of the National Award for Best Book on Cinema. Oh, wow. Okay. So, it's, it's called Gurudath, tragedy in three acts. So, he writes about uh, the metaphors in his films, about type, about archetype, about how different visual and, uh, and oral devices in Gurudath's films talk about uh, how Gurudath grew up and what kind of cinema he watched. So, essentially, a dissection and deconstruction of Gurudath's film aesthetic. Mm. And there is another person called N.K. Raghavendra. He writes about the top 100 films of uh, India. Which you have to watch. Uh, so it's like a, it's a book, and like he's written four, three, four paragraphs on every film, and why he feels that this film is an important film that needs to be. And it has every all kinds of movies. Huh? Mm-hmm. it has like a film from 19, uh, 19, 1930 called Tukaram Sant Tukaram, and also a DDLG. it also has GDLs. It has everything. cinema is so there is this woman called Nasreen Munni Kabir. Okay. So, that woman is essentially also like a guru that, uh, and she's a film, She's a great film historian. So, she's written a lot on a lot of film personalities, and uh, you should read her books on Hindi cinema. Then, there is a book of Satya called Deep Focus Reflection on Cinema. Essentially, Satya talking about cinema, his views on cinema. So, there is a great Russian film director called Andrei Tarkovsky, okay? Yeah, yeah. He passed away because. Uh, uh, he shot in a place that, that was kind that, uh, nuclear radiation. And so that radiation hit cancer. He writes, he feels that cinema is nothing but... So basically, you know how a sculptor works, right? A sculptor takes raw stone and he chisels a figure out of it. So, sculptor when sculpts, he creates something out of a stone and it takes some time to make that, right? So, Andrey Argoski says that cinema is nothing but sculpting in time. So a filmmaker is nothing but an author who writes in space and time. So the manipulation mm-hmm. of space, time and perception is cinema. So he essentially writes about his views on his own films, on how he feels cinema has evolved and what cinema, how cinema should be viewed and analysed and experienced. So Sculpting and Time is also an amazing book for anybody who wants to learn more about movies. There is a book called Film, A Critical Introduction. Mm-hmm. That is a rookie is beginner stuff. Extremely beginner stuff. And to learn best of similar Roger Ebert, you read his reviews, hmm. you just yeah, mm-hmm. that is like you begin to do the that. Review. I can do
0: that. I've movie ke liye karta Because you watch way.
1: it, you don't think about anything, you watch it, you keep your thoughts to yourself, then you hit the review, and then you you debate with the review. That's what you do. Hmm. Are there guilty pleasures? Yeah, Atlanta Sword is a guilty pleasure. Activist isn't exactly great literature. Nee, no, no, right, I'm not reading. I've read, J- I read Jason Bourne. All, I've read some Jason Bourne books. Then I've read, uh, there was this uh, author called Vince Flynn. He died of cancer. And he had created the CIA agent called Mitch Rapp. So I've read a lot of those intriguing small novels. They were all racy thrillers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pulpy racy thrillers. Then I discovered, uh, in cinema I discovered then The Shining by Stanley Kubrick. Mm-hmm. So I read, I, I, st- I delved into Stephen King's The Shining and some of Stephen King's books. So I read again, horror because I was always attracted to her because of her skin because of bumps
0: So, so is the next question I remember I had asked you was well, yeah. regarding what is your opinion on film to book to film adaptations generally? Like how do you see them? Yeah,
1: again, so book to film adaptations and if if the see more or less it is always about external constraints which you cannot fight. A director cannot fight external constraints, a studio cannot fight external constraints. If the, an author has in in legal contractual terms, written that if you're adapting my book, you don't change a thing. Mm. If it's written that, then you have you can't change a thing. Okay, and no matter what your sensibilities are, you cannot change anything. Mm. Then it is a contractual problem. It is not the, the problem of the artist. Okay, so, but uh, if uh, I you know if we assume for a moment that all those binding clauses aren't there, and all those uh, compulsions aren't governing the adaptation then i would say that it is more important to capture the essence of a book rather than the the plot verbatim if if you feel that a certain character has to be depicted less needs lesser screen time and some other character has to be maybe incorporated uh, in a better way or given more limelight so to say or given more i would say narrative heft go for it man you're making a film hmm. it just happens to be based
0: on a book so you know in order to wrap up the conversation I would like yeah. uh, you to give in some last minute recommendations or like last minute tips or or things you personally focus on while reading reading books what is your understanding today where uh, how what's your perception of reading currently it's about
1: how evocative the text is, and what is brimming under the surface of what's written. See, because my sensibilities right now, I'm, I, again, I am not blowing my own trumpet, but my sensibilities right now have become too, too, too refined because of the kind of movies I've been watching, and the kind of content I watch right now is. This has become even more uh, arcane and even more, le- even even rare, so to say. So that kind of sensibility is now also leaking into leeching into books
0: actually. Any other recommendations, recommendations? last pinch on governing
1: read so if you think so if you think uh, Anton Chekhov uh, was one of the greatest story writers among in Russian literature one of the greatest contemporary short story writers who is also a Nobel Prize winning author she is a Canadian author called Alice Munro winner, winner of the Nobel Prize in literature 2013. Okay. She should read and she only writes short stories Seven pages, eight pages, that's it. Oh, yeah, of course. And another book you should really read, Indian author again. It is called Narcopolis, written by a man called Jeet Thail and, ex- and the story of Jeet Thail is so fascinating. He lost 25 years of his life to opium. In South Bombay, mein, Kalba Devi, he saw his old house in Kalba Devi, and he said, Chal. So, hmm. in 1980s, there were opium dens in the de. Chalas. Huffin was cut in the pipe, and people were blown so mm-hmm. he, he spent a major part of his life in those opium dens, looking at the kind of people who come there, from pimps to eunuchs, to like politician to uh, beggars, to small time traders, to I mean all sorts of characters that populate the everyday landscape of 70s Bombay. He, this author, Jeet Thayil, has, he, this was shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize in 2012. Jeet Thayil has literally reinvented the fiction novel form. Mm. you know how he's written it? He writes from the perspective of the man who's high, high as fuck, and you will never know when the narrative shifts from him to the opium pipe. And how the opium pipe is perceiving the world, and how, it's like, if I smoke up, if I smoke a joint, then what if I'm so high that I feel that the joint has started speaking and the joint is not altering. And the joint has its own way of uh, of narrating its musings about the world. And after a point, I don't know who is talking. Is the joint talking? Am I talking? Is the room speaking? Is, my, is the bed I sit on? Is the cushion speaking? Which is soiled with the, the body fluids of so many people who, who might have made love on it. Mm. I mean that kind of greasy underground dingy atmosphere. And this man has literally uh, written vignettes about 70s Bombay in this book. So he's written a lot of other books also called uh Book of Chocolate Chains. It's about uh, Portuguese painters from Goa. Notes from the Underground by Fyodor Dostoevsky. This is one of the covers that I like. Mm. So essentially it's about Dostoevsky when he was in prison in a in a Siberian gulag. He was literally, uh, he was uh, in a labor camp and there he's thought about uh, that life is worthless and uh, human beings essentially keep on doing, uh, keep on inflicting the same so, same kind of tortures upon them centuries after centuries. So it's basically an, an nihilist and uh, full of a lot of self-knowing, but it, it is compulsory reading for, again, serious readers. It starts with this line. I am a sick man. I am a spiteful man An unattractive man I think that my liver hurts But actually I don't know a damn thing about my illness I am not even sure What it is that hurts Then mm-hmm. Gabriel Garcia Marquez ka ye kitab bhi hai, uh, Memories of My Melancholy Horse Because there is a 90 year old man Who wants to have sex with a 14 year old girl And he calls up his Like girl supplier Who's the madam of a pro- Madam of a uh, of a whorehouse, he calls her up and he asks her to give him the girl because his 90th birthday is coming up or something. So they have a philosophical dialogue. of essentially it's just a philosophical device to explore sex and sexuality. And so Pranav, just
0: to just to wrap it up, uh, anything else you want to tell about someone who wants to read any motivation or something about the abstract room why some sh- someone should join the abstract room maybe? Oh my god, <laughs> the abstract
1: room has literally like just the fact that it has given me so many friends is just happenstance. Actually, it has made me strive to articulate myself in ways that i had never known before. And uh, the abstract room has helped me disc- rediscover my passions in a way. And uh, then even if I, if I would claim that I'm an avid reader, I had never properly read Manto before. I'd never read Chekhov properly before. So, uh, I mean, even if like everybody in the abstract room has different degrees of sensibilities, I would still say that Sankal is doing a great job by trying to bring everybody on a common platform where they can have a dialogue over a piece of contact that they experience together. So that shared, shared sense of a communal experience that is there, that is priceless, and that is irreplaceable, more than anything. So I think the app gives me a sense of community. and a sense of discovering the, the treasures that Human beings have left behind For the human beings to discover But if it's alone sometimes See we do it alone 90% of our times If we do it with a few people Then that journey of discovering Great thoughts and great reflections On our own condition That becomes a bit more I would say uh, Easy to digest (laughs) In a way Hmm.
0: I think that's the perfect way To end this conversation Yeah yeah, And lovely talking to you Pranav (laughs) Nameshake me madatein
1: Awesome Awesome
0: Hi We have reached the end of the conversation. If you enjoyed listening to it and found something useful for yourself, we would request you to check out our other podcast episodes as well. For the time being, they are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other streaming platforms. If you have any feedback for us, please don't hesitate to reach out to us on our Instagram handle, which is mentioned in the description. If you wish to join our community, log on to www.TheAbstractRoom.in and register for our upcoming sessions. In the meantime, we would also request you to please follow or subscribe to our channel depending on the platform you are hearing us on. Anyways, we'll be back soon, see you.